Very thankful for Jesus in this place tonight. You can put your hands together. He is worthy of our praise. I don't care if this is new to you. This is the allowed church. Put your hands together for the King of Kings, for the one that loves you, that saves you. He is worthy of it. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated tonight. I could keep going, but I was like, you know what? We got to preach the message. We got to get the word tonight. We could just keep singing. Welcome to church. You guys doing all right tonight? Three of us. You doing all right tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I need to stand right there. Just need to see the clock. You guys, welcome to Oasis Church Chicago. It's such an honor and privilege to have you here. My name is Pastor JP, and uh, it's such a great opportunity to gather as the church, to gather on a rainy weekend here in Chicago. But good news is Jesus is in the room tonight. Did you hear that? Jesus is in the room tonight. And so I don't know what you walked in here with. I don't know if this is loud and crazy for you. I don't know what background you come from or where You've been all your life. I just know that tonight, Jesus has a word for you. Jesus has something to say to you. I know we have many different age and demographics in here. No matter who you are, no matter where you've come from, I truly believe tonight that Jesus has a word to speak to you. And so I'm so excited. It's going to be an amazing night. We're going to preach the word, and then we're going to pray for some people. I really feel burdened on my heart to to just pray for some people tonight. So we're going to finish up the night with that. But uh, tonight... We're finishing, not finishing, we've had all sorts of mess-ups this series. Last week I had the wrong message notes up here. It was incredible, praise the Lord. I started preaching, I looked down, wrong notes, awesome. Tried doing that sometime, really freaked me out. Then Jordan, everybody sit tonight, and I'm saying this is the last message. Not the last message, second message in the series tonight, of the in-between series, and it's entitled, Don't Miss It. Don't Miss It. Last week uh, we introduced the series, the in-between, the middle, the middle, the middle between the promise, we love promises, right? We love when people promise us something. We love when we get a promise from heaven. We love when we le- read his word and there's promises in there because there's tons of them in there for you. His word is for you. His word speaks to you. So the promise, and then when actually the promise gets fulfilled. See, we, maybe just me, I want the promise and the promise to be fulfilled immediately. I don't want the middle ground. I don't want the in-between. I don't want that moment of waiting. I don't. We're all impatient people. Anybody impatient? If you're not raising your hand, you're a liar. So why, everybody's impatient. No, no, if you're not, I'm still looking at you. Lift your hand up. We're all impatient people. If you have patience, praise the Lord. I need some of you in my life. We're all impatient. We want it now. We live in a world today that it's now. Insta now. Insta-famous, insta-everything, insta-meals. You can call somebody and have your food for the week delivered to you. I mean, we live in a culture where it's now or never. Insta. And I really believe that the word of God shows us that the middle ground, that in-between of the promise and the promise being fulfilled, that's the good stuff. That's the gold. That's where things start to happen in your life. That's where things start to shift in your life. That's where you start to get what we believe the word to be, faith. Faith. Faith happens in the middle. Growth in Jesus happens in the middle. So last week, we discovered the story of of Jesus raising from the dead, conquering death, coming out of the grave. 
We talked about, though, how there's sometimes that stone in the middle that you just can't push. It's okay. Jesus has that stone there, but one day he's going to move it so that you can go to where he's called you to go. So if you miss the word, it's not on the podcast. (laughs) It got messed up last week, praise the Lord, on the podcast. So, sorry about that. But it was awesome. And it was encouraging. But that middle ground, where that stone is, God's going to move that stone. He's going to move the thing that's in front of you. He is. I promise you, he's going to be. He just wants to know that we can be content in the middle. And so last week was incredible. This week, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull them out, or it's going to be up on the screen, to the book of John, chapter 20. Tonight, we're going to discover the testimony of a man that I, I think is kind of funny. Thomas. He was one of the disciples. Uh, Many of you may know his nickname, Doubting Thomas. That poor dude. This dude's mentioned a couple times in the Bible. And he's been labeled a nickname that stuck with him forever. Doubting Thomas. Who would want that nickname? Nobody. Nobody. Not me. But I think there's something powerful in the story where Jesus appears to the disciples here. Jesus has risen from the tomb. He's, He's back. He's moving. He's got 40 days on earth before he sends back into heaven. And he comes and he approaches his disciples. And there's a powerful thing here. And so I'm going to discover it with you guys. Is that okay? Church, you with me? You awake tonight? Night service. We're about to have a revival up in this place. I promise you. John 20, verse 19. And it says this. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is the good stuff. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Was not with them. Catch that. He was not in the room when Jesus, the other translations say Jesus walked through the wall. Didn't go through the front door. Walked through the wall. Anybody else with me? That is awesome. (laughs) I would love to see Jesus walk through the wall. Thomas was not there. Missed it. So the other disciples told him, yo, Thomas, you missed it, bro. Jesus is here. He just showed up to us. He's back. JP's translation. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, I love scripture, just matter of fact, a week later. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors are locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Three times. Three times he says it. There's something to be said about that. Then he said to Thomas, <laughs> Jesus, calls the one out that wasn't believing him. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Calls the one out, says, Thomas, come here. Come here, I know what's in your spirit. I know what you're thinking. I know where your head's at. I know where your heart is. You love me, but let me just show you something. Come here. Come here. He says, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hands and put it on my side. Stop doubting and believe, Thomas. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. That reads a lot stronger than that. 
Thomas, I, many people believe that translations is Thomas is literally pleading, my God, I missed it. My Lord, you're here. I missed it. Wow. You came back a week for me. You came back to show me once again. My God, thank you. That's what that's saying. My God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. Jesus, this is your word. Father, thank you that you come after us, that you walk through walls to get to us. Thank you, Jesus, for those pierced hands, pierced side. Thank you, Father, that those are our freedom. That's what gives us new life, new hope. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus, above all else, God, that you just open up hearts. Father, whatever is in this room that is not of you, I just pray that you dismiss it and that your Holy Spirit falls in this place. Father, I pray that lives are changed, impacted. May this word fall on good soil. May it take deep roots. Father, we love you. We bless you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The in-between. Don't miss it. Has any of you ever missed a moment? Anybody? Me. Anybody ever been distracted by something and you miss what's going on in front of you? Oh, it happens a lot. It's kind of funny. We were at the Cubs parade when the Cubs won the World Series. All is well in the world of baseball when the Cubs won. Praise God for that. And they're going to win again this year. Praise the Lord. Amen. But we had the opportunity to go to the parade when they won. And I was kind of fascinated as I was there with a bazillion other people. Not sure why. Me and big crowds don't go well together. My wife loves it. She's like prancing through the crowds like, we love it. There's so many people here. I'm like, I'm out. I want to leave immediately. But we're there with 5 million people. 5 million people. And we waited, I don't even know how long, three hours for them to just pass us for 15 seconds. Not sure why I was there. Could have watched it on TV, but my wife wanted to go, so praise the Lord. 15 seconds, they went past us on a bus. Three hours of waiting. I was so, it was so fascinating to me. As they were coming down in the buses, as I'm standing there, my phone's in my pocket. I don't have it out like the million other people. And they're all starting to click the film, right? And their cameras are rolling. The buses are passing, the buses are passing. And they're just keeping it still like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But then you start to see people's faces. <laughs> They're like, hey, where was Rizzo? Hey, where was Coach? Hey, where was Bryant? You know why? Because they were just sitting on one moment. They were just filming one moment. They were looking in that little screen, and the moment went right past them 15 seconds. 15 seconds went right past them, but they were so consumed about getting the right picture for Instagram, praise the Lord, getting the right video to post online, they missed everybody that went past them. I was at... Olivet graduated. My sister was younger than me. It's graduation weekend. I missed her walking across the stage at graduation. You want to know why? Because my mom wanted me to take a picture with her camera that had no batteries. So as my sister's name's getting called, she's like, JP, throws the camera at me, take a picture. So my head is down. I'm looking. My sister's name's announced. She walks by. I miss the moment. Aww. Praise God that there's professional photographers there, and you can pay $100 to get the picture. I paid that money so fast. But we miss the moments all the time. We miss out on precious moments, important moments. We miss out because we get distracted. 
We allow our eyes and our attention to be focused on something else. See, we've missed the moment at times. I've missed it. I'm sure you've missed it. Some amazing things that happen right before us, right before our eyes, and we miss it because we're looking somewhere else. We're trying to find something else. We're trying to get somewhere else. Tonight, in the middle ground, I see that with Thomas. I see that he missed the moment. He missed the moment. We don't know. Let me just preface this. We don't know why Thomas was not there. Maybe some theologians have figured out, I read the Bible, I go off of this, right? Doesn't give us an explanation why he wasn't there. But we get his name, Doubting Thomas. So in there, my brain starts to trigger, starts to fire. Why was Thomas not there? But there's a couple things that stand out to me. Before we take a look at poor Thomas, right? Let's not all be mad at Thomas. You guys would have done the same thing, guaranteed. I would have for sure done the same thing. But there's a couple things in scriptures that I think jump out at me that we do miss the moment. But there's some things here in the story, in the first half of that story, that's, that's crucial. Can I just say this? It's crucial. Those first moments of scripture before we see Thomas are important. Three days, three days from Jesus saying, I'm going to raise from the tomb, I'm going to come back. Three days, people forgot. We discovered that last week. The women forgot. His family forgot. The disciples forgot. Three days, the promises, they forgot. We are those people. We forget his promises. Not only three days, three minutes. Three minutes, we forget what God has promised us, what God has told us, what God has called for us to do. I'm going to preach you here tonight. We forget three days. Three days. But you know what's crazy? Fear overtook the disciples in those three days. The scripture says they locked themselves in the door, behind the door, because they were fearful. So the middle ground at times, the in-between at times, fear starts to creep in. Fear starts to get us. We become unsettled. Our spirit becomes unsure. So we lock the door to say, you know what? Mm-mm. Truth? Nope. Jesus' promises? Nope. I'll go get it for myself. Oh, this is not like an easy message to receive, but I promise there's going to be hope at the end. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But the in-between, the middle ground, fear steps in, takes over. These guys walked with Jesus, talked to Jesus, shared meals with Jesus, saw Jesus do miracles, saw Jesus do wonders, and they locked the door. Already promised that he was going to come back and show himself to them. The women, it says right before verse 19 and verse 18, those ladies that saw Jesus at the tomb come back to them and say, Yo, guys, Jesus is alive. You know want to know what I think my faith would have done? Unlock the door. He's alive? Oh, I'll leave the door open for him. He's here. He's back. Like his promises are true. I'll open up the door. Nope. We all lock it because he hasn't come quick enough. Ooh. He hasn't moved fast enough. He hasn't done what he's supposed to on my behalf quick enough. So I'm going to lock the door in fear and let the voices of this world in fear scream louder. Are you awake tonight, church? We don't have to do that. His promises are for us. His promises are yes and amen. Fear does not have a place. In the middle, though, you want to know what I love? In the middle, Jesus busts through the wall. He doesn't go through the front door. Busts right through. And he says, this is how my brain works. He could have said anything to them. 
anything. Yo, why is the door locked? Jesus could have said that. Yo, why is your faith so small? Three days. He could have said it. Y'all are like, could he? Yes. He could have said whatever he wanted to in that moment. He says what? Peace be with you. <laughs> Nobody else thinks that's funny. I do. He walks through a wall. <laughs> are you with me, church? He literally walks through the wall. He doesn't go through the door. He walks through the wall and he says, peace be with you. <laughs> I'm running out the wall. I'm running through the wall. I'm knocking myself out on the wall. This dude peers through the wall and says, peace be with you. Just like that. Hey. All shining glory. Peace be with you. My men, my bros. Why? Because in the middle, he's saying, peace be with you. Oh, he's saying it over some people right now. Maybe you need to allow him to say it over your life right now in the middle. The middle between the promise and the promise being fulfilled, he's saying, hey, peace be with you. Peace be with you. My promises are for you. I'm coming through walls to get you. Jesus will break down your walls. This isn't in my notes. I'm going to preach. Jesus will break down any walls. You think you've built up some walls to keep him out? You think you've done too much to keep him out? You think you've done too many things wrong to keep him out? He's going to break down those walls. Tonight he's going to break them down. I'm convinced. I don't think anything else tonight except that he is going to break down some walls in your life that you're pulling, putting up as strong as you can. You're putting that extra mortar, that extra brick on it because you don't want him to invade that wall. Guess what? He's going to walk through it tonight. He's going to walk through it. Because the middle can shape you. The middle can grow you. The in-between can be gold. Sometimes he just needs to walk through the wall and say, peace be with you. I love you. I love you. He says it three times. Three times to them. You know what that signifies? Deep intimacy. Anytime scripture said, like things are said next to each other twice, there's a significance there. You should really check it out. But he says it three times. Three times. You know what I think? He needs to remind them for the three days they forgot. Peace be with you. Peace be with you for day number two. Peace be day with you for day number three. Three days? Okay, I'll hit your three days. Three days of doubt, I'll hit your three days. Three days of weary, I'll hit your three days. Three days of anxiety, I'll hit those three days. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. He wants his disciples to see his hands, to see the pierced side. He's like, look. I'm coming through walls. I'm breaking down your walls because of this and because of this. That's the only reason he can go through those walls. That's the only reason he can break down stuff in your life is because his hands were pierced and his side were pierced for you. So when you're doubting in the middle, when you're doubting in the in-between, when you're wondering, is God really for me? This shed blood. This poured out blood for you, a ransom for you. He busts through, he says, peace be with you, and he says, look, arms open. Look what I did here, and look what I did here. If I could do both arms without the mic, I would do it. Because he wants his disciples to know, hey, even though you may have forgot, <laughs> even though you may be fearful, come on, I'm going to preach. Even though you may have locked the doors to my promises, even though you may, even though you may, I'm coming. I'm here. I'm moving. I'm going to speak. I'm going to do greater things. I'm going to move. See, tonight, what I get from this, in the middle, we have the choice to stay and see the miracle, 
or leave and miss the moment. Let that just sit for a second. See, in the middle ground, the ground where I said, promise, promise fulfilled, this part right here, we have the choice. We have the choice to stay and see the miracle. Point the wrong way. Promise fulfilled. To see that miracle, we have the chance to walk out and miss the moment altogether. See, Thomas... He missed. He missed it. He left. He left. For whatever reason, Thomas was not there. He left his homies. And he missed the moment. He missed the moment. That's why, you know, I try to tell people all the time, like, church is important. I say, church won't save you. Church won't be the thing that saves you. Jesus saves you. And we lift up the name of Jesus in church. But that's why I get weird when people are like, I can miss Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I'm like, yeah, you can miss Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, but you might miss the miracle after miracle after miracle. You might miss the teaching after teaching after teaching. You might miss the encouragement after encouragement after encouragement. You might miss his presence that wants to speak to you, speak to you, speak to you. So, yeah, go ahead, miss. I'm not a pastor that's going to be calling you going, hey, you've been gone five weeks. Where you at? No, I'll let the spirit work on you. (laughs) That's a lot better than a phone call from a pastor. But I just wonder. I really do just wonder how often we as believers miss the miracles that are happening when we get together as this church. We miss the miracles when we don't seek him in our own time. When we don't get alone with them. You're not too busy to get alone with him, I promise. We don't have kids. But I know many families, one of the strongest men of faith that I know has six kids. Growing up, six kids. Could you imagine raising six? Just think of eight. Some people have eight. They're nuts. Brennan, how many, par- how, many, how many do you have? Your parents aren't nuts. I love your parents. How many kids? Eight. Eight, Eight kids. <laughs> His parents are saints. Eight kids. They raised a godly son. You want to know why? Because I just believe it. I don't even know your parents. But you want to know why? They prayed. They sought after God. Correct? They prayed over those kids. They had time. They sought after God. Maybe you got to get up a little bit earlier. Maybe you got to set the alarm clock a little bit earlier. But guess what? Maybe if you set the alarm clock a little bit earlier, you won't miss the miracle. Maybe you just wake up, pour a little coffee, because the Lord knows with the spirit and coffee, great things happen. Praise the Lord. Because if I don't have the coffee, I'm falling asleep in the arms of Jesus. But maybe you just get the coffee, and maybe you make it a point to get up out of bed, and maybe you go sit before the Father in his presence. Because maybe, just maybe, the miracle hasn't happened, the, the, the promise hasn't been fulfilled, but he's working. And he wants to remind you that he's working. He wants to remind you that he's doing more in your life than you think he is. He wants to remind you that the battle you're facing, he's fighting it. The things that are coming against you, he's taking them and he's throwing them. The arrows that are shooting at you, he's deflecting them. Deflecting them. But see, we miss the moment. We miss the moment. I miss the moment a lot. I hate missing the moment with God. i just be honest. It's not because I'm a pastor. I just truly miss the moments because I knew what it was like to not have the moments. I knew what it was like to not have the moments. See, sometimes growing up in the church is a great thing. Raise your child in the things of God and they will never leave. That's a promise and that's good. But sometimes it gets familiar. 
sometimes it gets really familiar that we don't want to go because we don't expect something new to come to us. His mercies, Rachel prayed it. His mercies are new every day. His mercies are new every day. His promises are yes and amen. Every single day, something new can happen in your life. Something great can happen in you. Something great can happen in your circumstances, but we just don't show up. We sit behind the door and lock it. We lock it. Because he hasn't done it enough. He hasn't moved on my timetable enough. But if we just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to wait for him. I'm going to wait for him to come through with what he promised me. I'm going to wait for him to give me the man or the woman that I know he's promised me. I'm going to wait for him to guide me to the next job. I'm going to wait for him to come through with the provision that he's promised me. I'm going to wait. Just then maybe you will see the miracle. You won't miss the opportunity. You won't miss the moment. Three things. Three things tonight. I'm not going to preach long. We're going to pray. But three things that, that really hit me when I read this. When, I, when I'm reading this, I, 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 try to, I try my best to think, God, what do you want to show? What's your heart for people here? What's your heart for me here? In the middle, the first is this. There are options in the middle. What are you saying, JP? You said just stand firm, hold tight. There's options in the middle. There's options to wait, like the disciples, or there's options to go, like Thomas. There's options to wait so you don't miss it, or there's options to go. There's an amazing video clip that I saw this week. It's kind of funny. I was looking through, discovering, reading, trying to figure out. I'm a sports guy, newsflash. And I saw this, and it was like, it hit me. It hit me so hard. This is us when we have options. A lot of thoughts run through my head. First of all, how much were those tickets? Because you left the game early and you probably paid an arm and a leg and your grandchild for those tickets. So why'd you leave? Just even if they're losing, stay in the game. You paid a lot of money. But you see what she says at the end there and it hits me. She had the option to stay or leave. She left. She gave up. She gave up hope. She gave up hope on a team, right? Man, I get that. It's not what I'm saying here. You guys are all with me. But she gave up hope on a team and she left early. And she sees the miracle. See, the Seahawks were down by a lot of points, and they actually, I think that year, ended up going to win the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. One of those two years. Facts checks. I don't know. Judge me. But see, she could have stayed and seen one of the greatest plays in football, but she left. We have options in the middle. We have options to go or to stay. We have options to receive peace or chaos. We have options to receive truth or lies. We have options to have our spirits built up or broken down. But you know what's even better? We have options to stay and see the scars or to miss it. We have options. She asks the question that I think what happens often in my life when I miss it, I ask my father in heaven, can I come back in? (laughs) Can I come back in? Thank God we don't serve a football team because <laughs> they got strict policies. You can't come back in. Strict policies. You can't come back in. She had to watch it on a FaceTime. That's embarrassing. But we have a God in heaven that says, hey, listen, no matter if you try to get out of this middle and you ask to come back here in this middle, I'm going to let you back into my presence. I'm going to let you come back in. I'm going to let you see the scars in my hand. Thomas, come here. Thomas, come in. Thomas, let me show you. Thomas, 
You left, but I'm coming back for you. You leave, I'm coming. You go, I'm staying. We have options. What options do you want to choose in your life? This is pivotal stuff to make a declaration. I'm not really being all loud and crazy because I just think this is practical but important stuff for the life of a believer, the one that follows Jesus to say, in the middle ground, when I'm just waiting on his promises, what option do I want to choose? Do I want to go or do I want to stay? Do I want to receive or do I want to miss it? That poor girl missed it. That poor girl missed the most, one of the most amazing plays and comebacks ever in sports history. She missed it. My burden for you is to not miss it. I don't want you guys to miss it. I don't want you guys to miss the moment. I don't want you to miss what, what Jesus says to him in verse 27. And he says this to Thomas. It's, it's a different translation, but he says, Then he focuses his attention to Thomas. Take your fingers and examine my hands. Take your hand and stick it in my side. Don't be unbelieving. Just believe. Just believe. Second thing tonight is this. There are opportunities to grow in the middle. See, we have options. If we stay, if we stay in the middle, we can grow in the middle. I've said it, and I'll say it again throughout this whole series. The middle is gold. The middle is growth. The middle is what takes us from where we are to where we're going. The middle If we stay and choose to be in the middle, we have an opportunity to grow. I see this. Well, where does that come from in this story? I see it because Jesus runs through the wall, says, peace be with you, after freaking him out. And then he does something amazing. He does something amazing. He prays over them. He prays a prayer of growth over them. He says, now receive the Spirit. It's a different receiving than what is said in Acts 2. It's almost as if receive new life. Receive what the cross paid for. Receive what the tomb demands. Receive it. Receive growth. He didn't want the disciples to stay where they were. He didn't want the disciples to be where they were at in life. He said, receive it. And then he goes on to tell them, go out into the world. That passage about if you forgive, they'll be forgiven. Basically what that is, because other translations of the gospel say, that was the commission to go out and change the world. That, that moment right there was, hey, listen, you stayed, whether it was with fear or not, but you stayed. I'm coming in. Now you're here. Now grow and go change the world. Amazing growth. I want that growth. I want that growth for you. Some of you are young in this place. These are the opportunities. Some of you are older in this place. These are the opportunities, even now, even today, to grow deeper than you were yesterday. It's not a snap of the finger. Jesus can do the miraculous in a snap of the finger, but I think when it comes to challenging and stretching and growing and shaping, he takes his time. Because he's got something destined for you. He's got something destined for you. But if you get there now when you're not ready, you're going to mess it up. Don't miss the opportunity for growth. Don't forego growth to get what you want right now. He wants to grow you in the middle. He wants to grow you in this moment. Amen? The last thing is this. I hope this is encouraging. The band's going to come up. The last is this. Don't worry about them. Focus here. This is the good news. There's overcoming power in the middle. 
You can say amen. There's options to stay. If you stay, then you're going to get growth. If you grow, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get the overcoming power of Jesus continuing to be raised inside of you. I could just preach that and be done and we can pray for people. Did you hear that? There's overcoming power that is available to you if you just stay in the middle and grow and choose to stay. The power that raised Christ from the dead can live inside of you in that moment today. You can go and change the world. You can go and change a campus. You can go and change a workplace. You can go and do what God's commissioned you to do if you just stay in the middle. There's overcoming power in the middle, in the moments of feeling squeezed, in the moments of feeling lost, in the moments of feeling, I don't know what you have for me, God, but guess what, God? I don't need to know. Just give me your overcoming grace. Give me your love. Give me your power. I want that. I was a discontented person a lot of times in my life, even when I came to know Jesus. My mom sat me down one day and she said, son, you just seem to be going from the next thing to the next thing. You seem to be struggling here and there. You don't seem content. What is it? I was a control freak. There's nothing else. <laughs> I was a control freak. I wanted my way right now. There's still parts of that in me. <laughs> Pray for me, please. And she looked at me and she said, JP, that cross, that tomb, that's the control. That's where your freedom is. Stop being discontent. Just be content with where God has you right now. Be content that he has you at a campus that you may not want to still be at, but he's got a lot of people there for you to talk to. He's got a lot of people for you to influence. Hey, just stay content that he's going to keep you there even longer than you want to be. And guess what happens? I've seen miracles after miracles of people that were far from Jesus coming to know Jesus. Why? Because I was there? No. Because I stayed in the middle. I stayed in the moment. I chose for the overcoming power to come over my life so that I could share it with others. There's some testimonies of people sitting in this room that I know that I played a small part. It's not pride, a small part. But if Rachel and I decided to uproot and come to this city and plant a church a year earlier, this wouldn't be here. Oh, you need to know that. We sat there in the middle going, we got to go now. We got to go now. And the Lord hit me like a ton of bricks. Don't you love that? It's kind of like, oh. <laughs> but sometimes with me, yes, it hit me twice. I'm like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, good. I got it now. He said, don't go yet. Stay put here. Stay content here. And let me work on you. Let me speak to you for a minute. Let me talk with you for a moment. You're not too old. You're not, you don't have all the knowledge. You haven't had enough school. Like, that's fine. All good, great, great, great. Let me speak to you. Let me change you. Imagine if Thomas didn't take a week. Ever think about that? Just my brain. All the time. Imagine if Thomas was there. He would have been a part of the Great Commission. He would have been part of that moment there. In one week in between, he missed it. God's greatness is amazing. He still came after him. But my brain goes to, what if Thomas didn't leave? What if Thomas didn't get out of the moment and just stayed put? He would have been a part of the, the men that were with Jesus from the very beginning, and he would have been able to be sent out. Imagine how many more people would have been saved in that week. That's where my brain goes. I don't know if that's theologically correct, all that stuff. Some people are like taking notes like, I'll talk to you after service. Please do. But I just wonder if Thomas would have just stayed fast. 
steadfast. If he would have just waited, he didn't need another week for God to come back through the wall and say, peace be with you. He didn't need that. He could have just received it right when Jesus wanted to show up. He could have received the moment. He could have received the miracle right then and there. God's grace is scandalous. God's grace gave him a week and still said, I'm going to come back. So that's good news for both, for every, wherever you're at in that boat. If you're waiting in the middle, you're just waiting, you're waiting, you're being faithful, you're being faithful, good news is he's going to show up. If you've left the moment, he's going to come back. He's going to kick a wall down. He's going to come back and say, I'm with you. I'm with you. Peace be with you, my child. Peace be with you. But thanks be to God, he gave us victory through Jesus Christ. Peace be with you. But thanks be to God, he gave you victory in Jesus Christ. He's got plans for you. He's got a hope for you. He's got a future for you that is bright. Do you want to stay in the middle? Do you want to grow in the middle? And do you want to receive overcoming power in the middle? So that. He can do what he's destined you to do. The discontent spirit, the spirit of I know it better than you, God. The spirit of my ways are better than your ways, God. Whatever spirit is in you, he wants to take it, he wants to remove it, he wants to put a spirit of contentment. Patience is power. Did you hear that? Patience is power. And patient people make some really dumb decisions. When I'm not in the middle, things are in disarray in my life. When I'm not patient in the middle, things are out of line in my life. When I'm not patient, period, before God, things are out of line in my life. Patience is power. And in this moment, he wants to build you up. He wants to give you the overcoming power in your life today. So we're going to pray for people. We're going to pray for people. We're going to turn this... Into a revival, I guess. Whatever you want to call it. This is going to be an altar. This is not typical. We've done it one other time in the history of this church, a year, year and a half long. But we're going to do it tonight. Because I just really sense, and, and I could miss the moment. I could have missed this. But I really believe there's some people in this room tonight that just need to come to the altar place. And they need to say, God, I want to stay in the middle. I want to stay put. I don't need the control. I don't need to know where I'm supposed to go. I don't need to know what's next. I just want to know you so that I can grow, so that I can have your overcoming power come over me. So why don't you stand to your feet. Jordan's going to sing. He's going to sing. Just close your eyes. Close your eyes. Just receive the words that God has for you. And if you feel like you need some prayer tonight, if you feel like you need to Get with the Father and say, you know what, God? I want your grace. You're kicking the doors down. You're breaking my walls down. If you want that, I want you just to step out. Every, every eye closed in this place. Just you and the Father. Just talk to him right now. He wants to speak to you. I'm going to pray, but then I'm going to open up these altars, and we're going to pray for people. Jesus, we love you. We pray by your strength.